Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Broadcast, the official podcast of GamingBroadly.com. I'm your host, Jamie Dale, the main broad over at GamingBroadly.com, and today I'm joined by Ray Sterling. Ray Sterling is a gender-adjacent writer and comic slinger who is generally bad at gaming. And today, Ray is here to join us for our mini-series on violence and video games, with a unique take on internet communication, online RPGs, and just the anxieties of living on the internet, I would say. (laughs) That's Hi Ray, my, uh, how are you doing today? Address, the internet, <laughs> internet slash World Wide Web. Yeah, that's it. Area code one zero one zero one. Area code HTTP slash slash colon. <laughs> Coding jokes. Uh, anyway, how are you doing today? How's I'm, your How's I'm your doing day going? Pretty good. I'm doing a lot better than I have been for the past few days. Kind of under Is it because you're talking to me? Is yes, that why you actually? Better? I got better just for this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, my my podcast is the the panacea for all for all. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, um, which is a word I discovered from gaming, so it's appropriate that I'm using it. I'm actually just pretending podcast. I know what that word means right now. <laughs> It's a, it's like a cure-all. It cures everything. Oh, perfect. But you often find them in like those RPGs where it's like, you found a panacea or panacea. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's like P-A-N-A. Oh my C-A. God. I just had, you know, I, I just like had a flashback to every time I've seen that word and didn't know yeah. what it meant. And just like, I thought it was just an item. <laughs> it is just an item, but it's an item of, of real life, of meaning. Of, of real life meaning and importance. It is. I Yes. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Before we get so off track on my bad mispronunciations. I'm real good at getting off track. I know, this is going to be, this is our challenge. This is our quest (laughs) with this podcast. is staying on track because Ray is incredibly interesting and I have so many questions to ask, but we have a theme and we're going to stick to it. And we're going to start, Ray, by, I I know in your bio I I led it up to that you're bad at gaming, but I want to hear more about about games and you what's your what's your deal uh so like games that i play uh yeah i i leave the question vague purposely (laughs) so so you can go anywhere on that vagueness i'll say that um it means what games do i play which uh for the most part comes down to things generally that uh unsuitably are not violent i i tend towards games that are a little bit more like fun and like kooky um uh, like an hour ago i got into a game called slime rancher on xbox uh which is a game where you just pick up slimes and then you put them in a ranch and you just collect their poop and sell it for money and then you use that to collect more it's like an that's like game. every cat owner's dream yeah it's just an engine <laughs> game it's cute there's like kitty slimes it's adorable my boyfriend has been talking about it and addicted to it for a couple weeks and then he was like you just you just gotta download it you just gotta so here we are um, talking about it on a podcast. Talking about poop. Talking about poop on a podcast. <laughs> podcast poops. Um, but more, more to the point, I, I play a lot of like I play Dream Daddy. Uh, I've played all of the endings now. They're all perfect and amazing. And shameless plug for a game that's not mine. If you haven't played Dream Daddy, you absolutely should. It's great. But more than any other game for the past uh, little over a year, I've been playing Overwatch like religiously. So where violence in games comes in, I play a lot of like um just just like kind of straight fighting games where it's like Overwatch is a first person shooter, but it's also just like coming at it over and over again. You don't ever like really die. There's no story. I played a lot of like Tekken, Soul Calibur, uh Soul Edge, all that kind of stuff, uh Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Where where if I die, it's still okay. That's where it that's when it's fun. Castle Crashers. If if I die, I still want to have fun because as we've as we've mentioned, I'm real bad <laughs> at games, and I don't want that to make a difference in my gaming experience. So by bad at games, you mean you die a lot? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm not like unintentionally die a lot, oh, not yes. like purposeful. No, this is this is not me like having a having a laugh at how much I die. This is me just like legit dying all the time, and then not even getting frustrated with it because I'm used to it now. This is just my life. Oh. This, is, this is just how I live, man. We need to get you some more uh, panaceas. 
I'm I'm gonna find out. Some loving listener is gonna tell me after this because they always do when I, they're like, "You mutilated that word twenty times." Uh, so I'm preemptively sorry. I hope I'm right though. I'm taking a guess. I don't. I have very loving listeners who like to make me better as a person. Um, so I know that you've come into contact kind of with the argument in in terms of debunking you've come into contact with someone who has debunked or thought a lot about the argument that violence causes people to be violent because i'm assuming that you have not punched anyone in the face even though you've punched them in the face in video games i'm assuming though so That's i accurate. i have never punched okay. <laughs> anyone directly in the mouth it's it's something that i think is normal to think about especially when the world is the way that it is right now uh, <laughs> just kind of generally, the world is terrible, but I have never actually hit anybody. Uh, yeah, my roommate in college, uh, she had some very serious anger issues. And those, while they didn't stem from being, like, being exposed to violent video games, they, violent video games were involved in that they helped her work out that aggression. So there was not a day that went by that we didn't have uh, Batman, Arkham Asylum, or Arkham City or whatever, or one of the God of War games being played in the background of our room because she... Oh, heck. No. Don't. Don't make noise. I didn't think about my phone when I started this. Heckin'. That's all right. Everyone loves Pokemon. It's It's true. And that's the healing I mean, sound. That's a happy noise. It is a healing. So we found the Panacea. <laughs> Panacea! Yay! <laughs> It's a, yeah, so every day you were you were chilling out, kicking we butt. A, we had a lot of background gaming happening, and it was mostly like she'd come home, she had a bad day, and she would play games, and that was just that was just our life. Like that was how she she coped with things that made her really upset. Rather than go out and get angry at someone, she would come home, she would work all that out by killing things that aren't real. Um. And I think that that's a that's a very legitimate way to take care of that that anger and work out that aggression because that's something that like boxers do that people at the gym do that. Why is it hard to believe that people could go into a virtual world and work out that aggression the same way rather than going and physically punching something? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think hobbies, anything that helps you decompress, right, is is a solid thing. And for some people that is more physical activities for some people to reading. I mean, it sounds kind of weird to say I took my aggression out on this novel. I, I embroider. <laughs> and if you've never seen anyone angrily embroider, you need to come over to my house when my roommate and I are having a bad day. We just like sit there and embroider like furiously. <laughs> we got like a hoarding uh, show on in the background. This pleases me so much because I know you have other, you've, you have other kind of cutesy activities that I think are also <laughs> badass. Because you're gaming, even though you've you've played a lot of um, console gaming and like fighting games, uh, you've also have some experience with slightly more. I, I want to say not mainstream type of games like internet larping, digital role playing. I'm trying to think of the right word yeah, here. Uh, Help so me it's, out. It's a, it's <laughs> it, it would be just uh, role playing. Which whenever I refer to it in the community of people that don't understand what like. Tumblr roleplay or Twitter roleplay is, I call it a writing community because that's what it boils down to. It's a group of people who have taken like tabletop roleplaying, like the storytelling thing, and taken out all of the math and just agreed that you can do it with words, which is actually how I met my boyfriend, my roommate, and the past three roommates that I've had. I met all of them on Tumblr RP. Uh, and then a couple of weeks ago, I actually met with a bunch of friends from Twitter RP and it was great and they were all super awesome. Um, and a lot of people tend to think that there's a, there's a stigma associated with meeting people online, especially whenever it's like Tumblr or whatever. But I mean, that's, that's how I make my friends. I know that these people have common interests with me because we have written extensively together about them. <laughs> There's no guessing. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the idea of of Twitter roleplay only because most of the time when people think of games, they think of game engines. And I, I think there's something really inventive and creative about taking a platform that was not designed for games, but using it to make a game. It's, it's a, a, a role playing game. It's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of the 
So with something like a writing community, most of where it's not a game in the traditional sense of like winning and losing. Um, it's more like when you see kids outside and they're all saying, okay, now I'm the knight and you're the princess and I'm going to come save you. And then they say, I don't want to be saved. I want to ride away on a horse together. And then they say, okay, cool. Let's fight this dragon. That's the kind of game that we're playing. Only we're doing it entirely over writing. So you go to someone and you say, Hey, I want to play with you. Let's write something together. And then they say, cool. What do you want to write? You come up with an idea and you agree on a general direction that it's going to head. And then you make it go in that direction. And sometimes it goes completely off the rails and you say, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. This just sort of went in a direction that I didn't plan. And the other person sometimes will be upset but some because they really wanted to write what you came up with. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, my God, this is so much cooler. <laughs> sometimes but, oh, like you have so many questions. I have so many answers. Ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was thinking it's kind of like improv. It is. Because it's it, a lot of. It's, it's a lot exactly of yes and. improv. Because if you if you don't if you don't say yes and if you just say no, then the, the conversation falls apart just like it does in real life. Like if I walk up to you and I say, Hey, like I work retail, so if I walk up to a customer and I say, Hey, how's it going? Can I help you with anything? And they say, No thanks, like that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> I'm like, All right, I'll see you later. I'll be back to check on you in a bit. So if I walk up to if I say, Hey, let's start a role play and we're gonna go on an adventure together, and then my character comes up to them and says Hey, how's it going? My name's Ray. And then their character says, Hi. The end. We're done. <laughs> I'm not gonna push you for that. Like, I'm it's no fun for either of us if I just have to fight you to get a response. That's not a that fun sounds game. Like real life. It is yeah, no. it is very similar to real life, only I don't have to be me. I can be <laughs> I can be uh May from Overwatch or Robert from Dream Daddy or I don't know why I just named characters that I've never played. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say incognito. <laughs> incognito. That's not even true either. I just realized I have played May. That's stupid. Sorry, I now have you lying on my podcast. That's what I do. I'm gonna blackmail you for all that comics, all that comics money, <laughs> all that comics money. Um, yeah. Paid the big bucks. So, what are some? What are some role plays that you've participated in? Are they usually fandoms around media that already exists or games that already exist or characters that already exist? Uh, I, I've done I've done it that way. I do most of what Twitter RP boils down to for me is uh, canon characters. Um, I started on Twitter with Overwatch role play. I played a Hanzo because my boyfriend needed a Hanzo. And I played May because she's my favorite character. And that was a lot of fun. And I had a good time until that kind of like, it got really dramatic and it fell apart and I stepped away from it. And then I played uh, Dream Daddy Roleplay where I had um, a Matt because I identify heavily with him. He has a lot of anxiety. And <laughs> Which uh, one is Matt? Matt is the, the cool dad. He's the one with the like, uh, long hair and dreads and the glasses. He's the hipster dad. Uh, yeah. He has a coffee shop. He's the one that you said wrongfully gets associated as being a little pretentious, but really he just ends conversations awkwardly because he's anxious. Yes, exactly. He's the one that like, okay. he's the cool dad and everyone's like, wow, he's so cool. But if you talk to him for more than five minutes, everything just falls apart and he just stares at his hands for a while. It's really <laughs> cute. Um, and now I, now I do uh, Castlevania roleplay because my boyfriend wanted an Alucard and I like Alucard. Oh, um, that one, that one just came out recently, right? The, yes. It's the real Netflix. difficult for me because I, I don't have a lot to go on for this character, but he knows a lot about the characters because he played the games and I've only seen the show. So I mostly just make everything up. But, but when I was on Tumblr roleplay, I didn't play canon characters almost ever. Um, I started out in Harry Potter and Percy Jackson, where you have a lot of character characterization and something to work with. And then I kind of moved into doing um, original character roleplay. Um, and I did indie, where I would just have... I had like 30-some-odd characters on one block. Just That's just what I do. I just make characters for fun. It's not even the playing them that's fun for me. I just want to make up people. I mean, that's like 90% of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's so fun. I love it. I mean, and that goes along with kind of your, your other hobbies and in kind of expertise in writing, because I know you also, you write comics. 
in addition to slinging them? I do. I do my best. I'm much better at slinging comics because that's, well, I mean, I don't say I'm better. I'm more successful at slinging comics. <laughs> I have sold more comics than I have written by a long shot. <laughs> I've sold well, more to be fair, I guess there you. are a lot more comics. <laughs> I, uh, yes, we'll talk about my my money Call spending comics. I know. Yesterday, I was like, I'm gonna just buy these three comics, and I walked away with like a hundred dollars worth of comics. You're this was not intentional. You're very good at slinging comics. That's what yes. I'm I'm trying to tell you. So are, this is kind of an outcropping of when I was a kid. I played a lot of. I want to say they were like play by post RPGs and they were based on like old school forums or like those those email chain things. Do you remember those? I I got my I got my start in role play on Neopets forums. Oh, uh, yeah. Neopets. Neopets. And, it's a common uh, common theme in my life oh, yeah. these days. Neopets and Zanga and uh I did a little bit on MySpace, but I couldn't like MySpace was harder because uh that's a community of people you know. And that was back in the time of my life where I was still ashamed of my interests. I've grown past this. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it kind of sounds like anonymity helps sometimes with that character creation. Not necessarily for shame purposes, but just because of the enjoyment is making a new character. Exactly. It can be fun to not have the baggage of your of real life character. And a lot of times, with it, it's the same way I was talking about earlier with... Um, working out aggression and working out her issues with the video games, you can do something similar with writing where like, I feel bad and I want to, I want to like have someone comfort me, but I don't want to have someone comfort me. So what you do is you make your character miserable and then someone else comforts your character and it feels like they're comforting you, but you don't have to talk about your own problems, which was super, super useful when I was going through really dark times in my life. That's one of the reasons I got really addicted to the internet a few years ago because everything in my life was kind of going badly all at once. Um, and one of the ways that I ended up coping with that was to get really invested in role play because then I didn't have to be myself. I could be someone who felt better than I did, but I could still like comfort people. I could be the person that was there for someone else, but I could also have someone else be there for me without having to talk about my own problems which was really useful. Man, I'm I'm being moved. <laughs> Don't be I'm moved like, by Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like sitting here, I'm like, oh, wow, I have so many. Anyway, I'm having feelings. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. You're welcome. Uh, I'm good at that, too. Sleeping <laughs> well, comics and feelings. I mean, I, I love the idea of the internet. Oftentimes, I think the internet and video games get displayed as this this boogeyman that's happening and and there's often a lot of negative news coming from the internet so i i think there's a part of me that when i hear that people have found comfort and joy and meaning and friendship and and love actually in your case through the through the internet through these games it it brings me back to my my hopeful state of existence where i think games will save us even though they probably aren't they're totally, they're actually going to save us. That's actually I'm true. I'm hopeful. I'm just, I'm very invested. So everything that's been happening lately, and I, I know that this won't come out for a while, but I feel like it'll still be relevant then. Everything that's been happening lately in the world in general has been blowing up on my Twitter timeline lately. And earlier today, I was laying on the couch and I just sighed really heavily. My roommate looked at me and said, what's wrong? I said, Twitter and the world in general. And she said, get off Twitter right now, <laughs> which... <laughs> I find really, really interesting in this general context because it's it's the internet because she is from the internet. I met her on the internet on Tumblr Roleplay, um, and she she looks at me and says, "Get get off, get off, get out of the get out of the world right now." And I do, and I know I I know that she cares about me because we like she moved across the country and we got an apartment together, and I I can trust that. And so it's the internet telling me that the internet is being bad for me, which I think is really interesting. <laughs> it's the internet all the way down. It is. As they, <laughs> I mean, and I, I think that's that's also a good point. As much as I think the games will save us, it, they're also an extension of, of ourselves in a lot of ways. So as much as they can provide us joy and comfort, they can also provide us the stress and frustration that the quote-unquote real world also provides it's kind of a mirror i guess Ugh, 
So many. Fr- well, you've actually had a stressful thing happen because I, I know when I when I first talked to you a while back, you were really invested in Dream Daddy role playing, and then recently you're like, I'm done. Yeah, and this is <laughs> I've something, left that world. This is something that happens. It, it's happened with every single uh, group I've ever been in because if you put enough people in, like, so essentially, whenever you create a community like this, you are uh, putting in a door, and people can walk in as they see fit and it's hard to get out. Like getting out is a maze. Walking in is just walking through a door. Um, but basically you just, you can't come in or you can't leave the same way you came in. And if you have enough people in there, eventually you, you start to see things. So with, uh, with dream daddy, it happened very quickly because it's a very small new fandom so you start with just finding people that are in the community and you can't at the beginning be super selective because you have that anonymity. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know if they're if they're people that I've I've known before that I know are a problem for me. Uh so you just you just collect all these people and then you hope for the best. So with Twitter roleplay, you uh follow someone and then you just start talking to them. That's pretty much it. And as far as I remember, whenever I was playing before, you just, you reply to their threads and then that's how you create a scene. You just do replies back and forth. But it's kind of, there's other schools of thought where you just keep posting and replying without creating a thread. So you just have these single ones. Which means that I don't know who you're talking to, for one. That that was my first problem. Like, who are you talking to? I don't know. And you just call them Lucian. There's six Lucians, and then there's a bunch of them that I don't know, and I don't know who you're talking to, and it's very confusing. So that was my first kind of, like, problem. So I, then I'd have to find that person, follow them, and then find the next person and follow them. And if they were doing something that made me uncomfortable... Uh, like, if they were doing a scene that had something that, that made me really uncomfortable, I wanted to unfollow them, and I can't. Because then I don't know what's going on with anybody else. So that was my first problem, but I could deal with that. Then there was the the posting art without sources, which in essence is stealing from fan artists. You are stealing from someone who's not making money. That is like the lowest form of depravity as far as art theft is concerned to me. Like they're not even, they're just doing this out of the goodness of their heart. And the only thing they're asking is to like, not take it like just just retweet it you found it somewhere just retweet it and then it's not it's not hard but the thing I, that, I concur <laughs> as someone whose best friend is an illustrator i uh i feel this pain quite intensely like if like if you did that with writing someone would be like yo and then everyone would be like no this is unacceptable and everyone would lose it but with fan artists, they're like, oh, well, they just did this in their free time. No, it doesn't matter. They put their heart and soul into this. You you respect that. You need to respect it. Someone put work into this, and all they're asking in return for giving you this beautiful gift is that you say, hey, I found this here. This is who I found it from. It is the bare minimum that you need to do is just respect another human being. But the thing that really drove me out of Dream Daddy Roleplay was um, this big, this big blow up where someone said, I don't want to roleplay with this person anymore because they are making me uncomfortable. And I'm not going to say what it was or who it was because it doesn't matter in, in the long run. Whatever they said was, I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to roleplay with this person anymore. A third party came in and got mad at them and argued and then use the word aggressor, which, you know, like that automatically sets a tone. But they also posted the conversation, which you can't just call someone an aggressor when you are like, I see the conversation. I see the words that you said. You are being aggressive. You are the one who's coming into their DMs and saying that you can't do this. You can't make this decision for yourself. You have to... I don't have to do anything, first of all. I don't have to roleplay with anybody. But by the end of that, by the end of all of this, I stepped away because I was angry, and I came back ten minutes later, and the person that was being called an aggressor was thrown into a, a vomiting, like, hyperventilating panic attack, 
And there was concern that they were going to kill themselves because so many people had jumped on their case all at the same time. And if that can happen to them, then that can happen to me. Because if I don't want to role play with someone, I'm not going to. It's just, I'm not going to make this into a chore, which is something that my boyfriend and my roommate have to remind me, don't make it a chore because you don't owe anybody anything. But if you make it so that I owe you something, then this is a chore and I don't want to do it anymore. Especially not being able to even say, from the way that you described the story, it didn't even say like the person said, I don't want them to role play anymore. They said, I just don't want to with you. They didn't didn't cut them off from anyone else. They didn't post it publicly at all. They, They said that in DMs, they were uncomfortable playing with this person. They said, hey, man, I'm not really comfortable for this reason. And maybe it wasn't a good reason. In the end, it doesn't matter because they said, I'm not comfortable with this. And the other person went to a friend and were upset. That friend then said, this is unacceptable. You can't say that to my friend. Like, if you're making me uncomfortable, it doesn't matter. It like, like if, if you were making me uncomfortable as a, as a, like, if you said something that made me uncomfortable and I said, hey, I don't really want to have this conversation anymore. And then I, I walked away. Why would you send someone else to, to get mad at me? I didn't say anything to you. I didn't like jump on your case. It's ridiculous. But if someone, if someone can be thrown that hard for a loop just by being uncomfortable, then why would I stay? (laughs) I don't want to be in that culture. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I'm thinking in real life, I'm imagining, because this sounds really maybe romantic, but it's kind of like breaking up with someone. It is. No, you can it, say, it really I, I don't, is. I don't want to date you anymore because of this reason. And like 90% of the time, the old adage of like, it's, it's not you, it's me is real. Like, it's just, we're not clicking in the way that I want it to, and I don't want to force it. But if you, you broke up with someone in real life and then they sent a friend to come harass you, <laughs> and then that, that would be terrifying. Told, and then that friend, like you, your friend comes and harasses you, right? Or their friend comes and harasses you. And then that friend goes to all their friends and says, hey, they were aggressive to me, but be nice. And then all of their friends are like, no, I, I'm not going to be nice. So they go and they harass you even more. It It's not a matter of what happened between you and that person anymore. It's a matter of what happened between you and your friend or their friend and what happened between their friend and all of their friends. And if you kind of have that loyalty to one person to the point where you are willing to attack someone else, that's that's not okay anymore. You've you've done something wrong here because your your loyalty there should be to your friend's wishes in that you should be nice and maybe just leave it alone. Because if if they like excommunicated him for that, that would be one thing. But they didn't. They they came to him and they yelled at him in DMs and they kept throwing crap at him until he was buried in it and he couldn't breathe. And that's not okay. Is the word for that, um, is pile on? Is that a word that people use a lot uh, on Twitter? I haven't Twitter? heard that word before, but it's it's likely that would be, I mean, that would be a good one. That's what they <laughs> if did. If it's not, it should be. It should be. I'm, uh, yeah, have you seen this happen before in, is this specific to Twitter role-playing or have you oh, seen God, it happen no. on Tumblr also? Um, so one of the things like Twitter roleplay is unique in this, in that they, they have the, the mentality of call out culture where if someone does something, then they need to be like, everyone needs to know about it. Sometimes that's true. If someone is an abuser, people need to know about it. If someone, if someone like, so one of the things that happened directly before this, I, I found that one of the people that I was playing with was someone that I had known from before and didn't know it. My boyfriend came to me and was like, Hey, um, do you remember this guy? Because that's who that is. And I was like, Oh my God, no. And I had to like step away from everything. And then shortly after that, they got into like calling that person out on, uh, various other Twitters and like his personal and stuff like that. But that didn't bother me because like, I can just cut that person out of my life. He doesn't need to know. I don't need, I don't need to make a big deal out of it. Other people are taking care of it on Twitter. It's so with Twitter, they do, um, you can do indie or you can do a group. With the group, you have a closed circuit uh, where you have um, a set number of people, you have a set number of characters, and you have a setting with someone 
casting rules down from above. You have a moderator. Uh, that's your, that's like your boss who's not bossing you around. You get me? And if you if you like step out of line, if if that person was uh, being the quote unquote aggressor, then it would be the moderator's job to to figure out what's wrong, calm everything down, and if they need to have someone removed, they remove them. So it's kind of like a um, conflict. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say conflict resoluter, but it's like a conflict resolution person who's there to, or like a debate moderator. I'm thinking of when I've seen debates where they're there to kind of move things along if they're not moving, but also stop things from moving along if it's getting out of control. Exactly. So you have someone like the moderator is in charge of bringing people in to the role play and finding out if they're going to be a good match. You have they're in charge of making sure that there's not too many people doing the exact same thing because if you have multiple people playing the same character, there's it's pointless. And they're in charge of kind of keeping things in line, like making sure that no one is getting overpowered in the setting, no one is getting uh, bullied, no one's getting ignored, no one's getting harassed. Um, but sometimes the moderator is friends with the person who's doing the harassing, and instead of taking care of it, they get rid of the person who's who is fine. Alternately, they'll they'll uh, get rid of the person who's fine, and the rest of them will like everyone else will get mad and leave that makes sense so they're they're kind of calling it it's a quote from sarah ahmed that's really good where it's like the person who who acknowledges that there is a problem becomes identified as the problem for pointing out that there was a problem (laughs) yeah um with indie roleplay it was a lot easier because you're you're your own moderator you set your own rules and then if someone's a problem you block them and like they would try, but at least in the community that I fell into, it didn't turn into a problem. If someone was a problem for me, then I blocked them. And then if my friends still wanted to play with them, they played with them. But I'd say, hey, this happened between me and this person. I want to let you know so that if they start to talk to you about this, then that's what happened. And my friend would be like, okay, cool. I'm still going to play with them. Is that fine? I'm like, yeah. Because the people that I played with in Tumblr roleplay, they were generally pretty reasonable. Um... <laughs> Like, even, even the way that, like, I fell out of Tumblr roleplay. I had a big falling out with a lot of my friends. But I don't harbor any will, ill will because when we had the falling out, it was my fault. And I got it. And they said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. I got you. And I don't talk to them anymore because it made them uncomfortable. Because I'm a reasonable human being. At least I think so. <laughs> we're, all, we're all working towards. <laughs> uh, Twitter RP is also a little bit more... Um, a little bit looser. So when a, when a person says, I'm not comfortable with this, or actually take that back. Twitter RP is a little bit looser in that it's not hard to be, to, to look just like everyone else because you can't do that much customization in Tumblr roleplay. You, you make your page and then you look fancy and then everyone's like, yes, this person knows what they're doing. I got it. But if you do that, like you go in Twitter RP, you make your page and that's pretty much it. You do an icon and a banner and then you look like everyone else. Everyone is the same. You're on the same level. And sometimes that's great. You want that anonymity. Sometimes that's not great because then everyone looks the same. It's like, do I know this person? Are they any good? Are they going to be mean to me? I don't know. I can't find out. I can't like search their tags to find out if they're going to be like rude out of character. I can't see how they are in character. If they're, if they're playing the character in a way that is going to agree with me and the way I play mine, you can't, there's no search function. And that leaves a lot of room for people to just be however they want to be and then hide it under replies. Yeah. So it's kind of like this interesting tension between the anonymity is I mean, has provided you with a lot of comfort in like, I'm going to say therapy, but I'm using that word, but kind of therapy like things in the past, but also provides this kind of breeding ground for systematic like abuse and harassment and also maybe behavior that they wouldn't do if they knew they it would stick with them. Yeah, exactly. Like you wouldn't in real life do a lot of these things. Like you wouldn't walk up to someone and say like, I can't believe you're doing this to my friend. And then they say, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, I don't really think I want to talk to them. And then that's kind of the conversation. That's it. But if, if that escalates on the internet, like what's the worst they can do type. But for someone with anxiety like me or the person who 
ended up like they're still in that they're still in that community they're like i'm gonna give it one more try and i'm like why are you doing that i don't know um but for someone with anxiety it it's a lot deeper than that sticks and stones may break my bones but words can make me have a mental breakdown and then end up crying in the shower for an hour and a half with the shower not even on like i'm just laying in the bathtub sobbing because someone wouldn't leave me alone i had to turn my phone off like that's that's the kind of thing that we're dealing with. People think that games breed this a lot of times. And I think that that's a lot of where we get violence in video games. People look at games and they say, yes, this is because of games. It's not. It's because of anonymity. Because if you go on a Halo server and you talk to someone, it's a 14-year-old talking trash because he needs to feel powerful. But if you go on Twitter, you can find the same thing. I follow a lot of comic book artists and a lot of people who are, who are pseudo-famous but they don't fit what this person thinks. So they get harassed because someone knows that they can put on this mask of a Twitter user and they can say whatever they want and nothing can be done. The worst that's going to happen is they get their t- Twitter taken away. They're grounded. Then they get a new one. There's no real, there's no real life consequences. They don't get like punched in the face. Do you think it's different on places like Facebook, where Facebook has a very strict policy and you have to be a real person? Like, you have to be identified with, like, a real person? It would seem like it, but I'm not really sure. I don't I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. I know that there are things that happen on Facebook that are pretty bad. I know that pretty recently there was someone who, um, they tried to get someone kicked off for throwing racist slurs at them. But then they got in trouble for posting the the threats and the slurs and saying, this is what's happening to me. And then they got in trouble for saying those things because it was on their wall and not in messages. With Twitter, they've started the new shadow banning thing, which doesn't actually solve any problems. What is shadow banning? Okay, so shadow banning is when um, you say something, you, you, say a, you say an aggressive, dirty word. That's basically what you get. You, you say um, F you to someone. And then they that Twitter flags that and they say, you can't say that we're going to mute your notifications. So from then on, you don't you don't send notifications to people. And basically you're invisible, but they don't say anything to you about it. This doesn't stop someone from saying terrible things to someone. This just stops someone from saying it outright, which is not actually helpful in any way because I know a lot of people that like swear up one side and down the other, but they're normal, reasonable people who just swear a lot. I swear a lot, but the likelihood that I'm ever going to like threaten someone with those swears is exactly zero. Like I have a friend that got shadow banned for like, she, she went on a rant and she was just like saying like F you, F you. And she was so mad and she got shadow banned for it. She had to make a whole new account so that she could actually have notifications go up to people. And like, it was, it wasn't even directed at a person. It was like directed at someone that wasn't even there. She was vague tweeting, which is a whole other thing. Oh, oh, we can go there. We could, we can go to vague booking and subtweeting. Oh my God. You've mentioned before, I've, I've heard you talk before about your hatred of vague booking and subtweeting. Um, do you want to elaborate more on that? And how that kind of interacts with your experiences of anxiety. So I think vague booking and subtweeting are basically the same thing on different. Oh, I guess platforms. we should define them. Yeah, we should I definitely define this. them first. So, <laughs> so subtweeting and vague booking um, is basically replying to something without replying to it. So, if uh, if you're in a conversation and you say, "God, I hate Tiffany." And then I like look over at my friend and I'm like, you know who I really like? I like Tiffany for all these reasons. And then you know, this is the worst possible example. You know that the reason I said it is just because you said you don't like Tiffany. You are aware of that, but I'm going to pretend like it has nothing to do with that. It's kind of a vague response, right? It's very like passive aggressive instead of overtly aggressive. passive aggressive. Yeah. I'm thinking what another example would be like, I'm thinking if there's you're on Facebook and you're like, gosh, I just really hate people who do things to hurt you without apologizing. And then yeah. everyone on your Facebook wall is like, was it me? Yeah, was I the exactly. one? <laughs> that and that's, apologize. that's exactly what they do with like Twitter and Facebook, like all of it. So you 
you put, or, you know, one of the things that, that got really, really annoying in, uh, Twitter, oh God, I can't even, I can't even remember any specific moments except for whenever someone posts un, unsourced art. And instead of replying to that person and saying, Hey, source your art, they would say, you know what I really like when people source their freaking art and they get really mad. Like, yeah, I like that too, but maybe you should tell that person so that they know that they are the problem. What if they don't even see that? And it kind of comes from that place where you want to say something, but you don't want to say it to them because you don't want to be mean to them. An aggressor? You don't want to be an aggressor. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. oh, to, to come full circle back to our, <laughs> our lovely original Twitter Twitter poster. Yeah, it's kind of a vicious circle, right? So it's like a fear of telling people because of a pile on. And then so your fear of being piled on means you kind of vague book or subtweet. So no one knows if you're so you're like, maybe they'll be reflective and figure out for themselves, which then results in people being frustrated with you and. So the, the thing that, the thing that really like screws over people like me, cause I have such anxiety is that when you vague tweet or, or vague book or subtweet or whatever, my mind immediately goes to, Oh God, what have I specifically done? Was this me? So, uh, the thing that really killed it for me in Overwatch roleplay was, uh, someone said something very vague and they were, I don't, I don't actually, I still don't know if I was included in it, but, um, I'm pretty sure I was. And the anxiety of what they may or may not have called me was so much for me that it still like makes me sick. And I'll just like, they, they said that I was a, I was cruel and I was a bully and I don't know. I don't, I don't know where that came from. If it was maybe because of who I was friends with and the people that I was, uh, I was with at the time, like the, the person that I was playing with, the person that I made friends with. I don't know if that's what it was or if I wasn't included in that. I still don't know. And that's that's the problem, because especially I, I started apologizing for it. And someone said that wasn't meant for you. Like, does that mean that it wasn't directed at me or does that mean that I wasn't supposed to see it? I can't know because no oh, one will gosh. answer because it's got to be vague because it's a vague tweet. Oh, wow. That is very stressful. And having, you've met me in real life. I, the thought of being called cruel and a bully still makes me freak out because I am so, I try so hard to be nice and to be good to everyone and to do what's best for like general people that the thought of being a bully destroyed like five or six friendships because I couldn't handle it. I had to back away from everyone in that entire entire like basically I had to just leave the entire room. I had to leave that whole group of friends. It wasn't just leaving role play, it was leaving all of the friends that I had made, including people that I still liked because they were friends with this other person and they wouldn't give me a straight answer. So someone I I was I really really enjoyed having friends with, like we didn't have to play together. I just wanted to be friends with them. I can't be friends with him anymore because I don't know if he thinks that about me as well. I don't know if he's he's on the, the, the side of the fence that thinks that I'm a bully. And if he does, I don't want to be near him because what did I do to bully him? Can I make it right? I don't know. I can never know. So is it something that if someone came up to you and said like, hey, this felt like bullying, this is what you did, would that have changed kind of your emotional reaction to it? Absolutely. I would have been able to apologize. And I don't know if I would have moved on necessarily because the thought that I would have been a bully like makes me lose my mind because that's something that I've, I've like fought directly against my entire life. The thought that if someone came up to me and said, hey, this feels like bullying, I need you to, I need you to not do this. I would have been like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. Let me see if I can fix it. And I'll put a stop to this problem if I can. And then I could have solved that problem or walked away from it. And then I would have known point blank what was happening. But not knowing what's happening is definitely worse than than knowing, <laughs> knowing what the problem is. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make an informed decision about any sort of relationship, I think, online in real life, I'm saying that jokingly because both are in real life, but online, offline, <laughs> um, without knowing what's going on. And I, I know that leaving things vague is a pretty common 
tactic for basically relationships that don't have very good or healthy communication. I don't know. There's something about making, especially if you know someone will obsess about something. Like, if you leave things vague, it means that you are guaranteeing that they will obsess about you. Absolutely. <laughs> for an extended period of time. And not in, like, a sexy, obsessive way. It's not like a, like, ooh, I'm thinking about them all day. It's like, oh, my God, I can't concentrate on work or eating or bathing. Absolutely. Like, or any then, of those things. And then you've known someone for almost a year. You know this This is a part of them. You Like, with, with roleplay communities, like, you know someone's character, and then at some point you kind of get to know them out of character. Like, you may not know them very well, but you know that, like, they hate it whenever people, like, drive too fast, or you know that they they really can't stand it whenever someone breaks the thread in the tweet, or th- you know that they really like to talk about their cat, but they don't want to talk about themselves. Like, you know that stuff. So you know by this point that if you say something about them like that, they're going to obsess over it. And it's it's a very pointed, aggressive, passive-aggressive thing to do. Like, you're, you're not making a mistake. You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly how it's going to affect them. Has, has your anxiety affected how you communicate online? Have you ever fallen into any of these, these more unhealthy kinds of online communication patterns? Absolutely. There's a <laughs> your honesty is so refreshing. Oh my god, it's it's impossible not to. Um, it it's one of like I want to I want to come to someone and I want to say some of these things like, but I can't. So I'll go and I'll talk to someone else about it and then I'll chicken out maybe. So my feelings on a lot of things sometimes they just never get known because I don't know how to make them known. I don't I don't know how to say that without someone someone like the backlash killing me. So my anxiety is likely to have produced anxiety in other people. There's, I know in, for a fact in dream daddy roleplay, there was someone that was, I, I didn't want to roleplay with them anymore, but I didn't know how to say that. So I just kind of stopped and then they messaged, like they would, they would vague tweet every time. It's a whole thing. All right. So every time I tweeted to someone else, if I didn't tweet to him first, he would vague tweet me. And say, like, if you don't want to roleplay with me, then just say it. And I'm like, man, that's not even the case here. So then I would have to reply to him immediately. And if I didn't reply to him immediately again, if I replied to someone else, then I would get another vague tweet. Uh, and eventually that turned into my anxiety just having me disappear completely. Because I didn't want to play if I didn't want to play with him. And at some point it came to a head where I just had to message him and be like, dude, um, I'm not feeling it right now. I got I to gotta play later. I got to do this later. And then I never came back to him, which was kind of cruel of me because I left him hanging and I knew that he had anxiety too, but I didn't do anything about it because I, I was too scared to tell him that I didn't want to play with him anymore because he vague tweeted me. So the, the, the vague tweeting produced my anxiety, which ended up having me go ghost on him, which is just as bad. Yeah, and his and his anxiety kind of prevented him from from moving on without knowing exactly. what had happened. And, and like it wasn't easy for him to just be like, "Oh, well, they're not responding. That sucks." But I'll I'll do something else I'll now. Just, I'll just became... move on with my life. He can't because he's he's worried about that. It's just a big bad circle. It's bad. But at the same oh, no. time, like, I, like <laughs> I've like I've demonstrated before, I made some really good friends in tumblr and twitter rp they're they're great people they're good friends i found someone that i like i've been with my boyfriend for like five years now and we we lived together for a time and then that didn't work and then we came together like adults and said hey i don't think living together is working and we should maybe not live together and that works because he's very straightforward and i i work really well with people that are very straightforward my roommate like she does not beat around the bush if she's mad at me she will tell me she's mad at me and exactly why my uh, my boyfriend, if he's mad at me, we will have this argument, and by argument, I mean he will tell me what's wrong, and then I will be upset and explain how I'm going to try and fix it. That's the argument. Does it work in the <laughs> reverse also? Not not just with not to psych, not to analyze your relationship, but do you find that people who are straightforward, it's also easier for you to tell them how you're feeling and not feel like it's going to go go out of hand? It's never easy, but it is easier because I know that if I come to them and I say that this is the problem that I have and they react, they're not going to, they're not going to like sit and stew in that reaction. They're going to tell me straightforward, like, 
I'm sorry, I didn't realize this was a problem, or they're going to say, you're being ridiculous, this isn't a problem. Like, they're going to tell me straight up immediately that this is how it's going to go. And it's the same with both of them. And I've had other friends that I made on the interwebs that were not that way. We were we had the same level of anxiety, and that friendship fell apart pretty quickly because, like, she was she was needier and I couldn't accommodate. Like I can't be your rock. I'm not a rock. I'm a marshmallow. <laughs> you can't lean on a marshmallow, my bro. <laughs> you can, but you're gonna get real sticky. You're gonna get real sticky. You're gonna fall because marshmallows are squishy. <laughs> you're just gonna like loop right off the side. <laughs> well, do you think there? Do you have any suggestions for people who are on the internet or things that you wish? were happening in terms of how technology people were designing platforms to kind of help make online online communications and especially online role-playing games better for people with anxiety. I don't know that I do. I don't know. This is one of those things where it's like, it's easy to see the problem, but it's hard to fix it because it's not, it's not like I can like, I don't want to, to lose that anonymity. I like having that. But I also don't want to give people a space where there's no repercussions. Maybe if there was if there was an actual state of not state, but if there was like an actual law in place for when someone is getting harassed and threatened on the internet. Because I know that like when Gamergate happened, there were women who came to the police and they were like, Hey, this is happening and I'm scared for my life, and the police were like, Whatever, it's the internet, no one cares. Like, no, I'm I'm legit scared for my life. Someone's putting my address out there and I'm in actual danger. If there was a law in place currently that stopped someone from doing whatever they wanted on the internet, then maybe it would be a little bit easier. But until that's a thing, we can't even begin to address passive aggressiveness because we can't even address straightforward aggressiveness. If I can't go to the police and say, this person came into my DMs and I have receipts, someone, I have this piece of paper that says someone threatened my life. If someone sent me a letter and said, I'm going to kill you, I know where you live and I know what your family is like, and I'm going to kill you for this reason. If I showed that to the police, they would say, oh God, let me help you. If I show the police my Twitter DMs where someone said, I have your address and your IP address and I'm going to kill you. I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to stab you to death. The police say, well, it's just the internet. What are they going to do? It's not different. Yeah, I, I imagine like if they printed that out and put it in your mailbox. Yeah, if they <laughs> like, printed it out why and put it in so my mailbox, much more real? Like, like it's, it's not different. It's the same thing. And so we can't address the passive aggressiveness. Like it's, it's similar to school bullying, right? Like it's the cyberbullying. Oh my gosh. It's, it's similar to that because there's nothing you can do until you address a greater threat. So you have to work from the top down. It's like, uh, it's like, it's like safety precautions. You can't, you can't address seatbelts until you address the fact that like that car is just going to explode as soon as you hit it. <laughs> like the seatbelt isn't going to help you if the car explodes on impact. Yeah, having more comfortable seats doesn't make an explosive car less explosive. <laughs> exactly. And it maybe this is also deadly. Maybe this is something like if this is something that can drive someone to say I'm throwing up and panicking and I can't breathe and I may kill myself. That's dangerous. You have a power over someone and you need to recognize that that power is dangerous. But until we address that someone did something more than attack like on on mass, if you get together your tiny army to shout at someone, no, the the cops don't the cops don't come running for that. They come running when someone comes out with a knife. So we have to we have to address the knife before we can address like the the spitballs that are sticking in someone's hair. Uh this is so, well. I mean, it's gruesome imagery, but very beautiful. It's a very beautiful. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, this is beautiful. I'm like, well, I mean, spitballs. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe beautiful is the wrong adjective. <laughs> uh, well, on that on that note, which I actually think um, is leaving me with a lot of food for thought for kind of future conversations about how do we make a better 
a better internet space. I wanted to to give you an opportunity because you're so amazing and wonderful <laughs> to to tell people about if they wanted to follow you and your thoughts um, or your work, where would be the best place for them to go? So I'm most often on my Twitter, uh, as we have talked extensively about today. You can find me at Dragonosaurus, and I think you're going to put that link somewhere. I will. I'll link it down below. Yeah, Dragonosaurus (laughs) on Twitter. Um, And uh, if you want to see me talk about um, pop culture and uh, comics and a lot about LGBT comics or kids' comics, you can find me on Genretastic. Um, and I think that's going to be linked as well. I, I haven't done anything on there in a minute, but I'm pretty proud of what I do have. And everyone on there is pretty great. Uh, so please check them out. They've got a lot of, uh, Marvel movies, comics, um, craft projects. They, they talk a lot about really cool stuff and I highly suggest it. I, I haven't written anything in a minute, but I've, I'm still keeping up with everything they're writing. And everyone there is super rad. Aw. I do love rad people. It's pretty great. Like you. you. (laughs) You're welcome. If you ever need a a fan fiction commission, hit me up. That's what I do for a living. Not for a living. (laughs) I would love to do that for a living. It was what you wish you were doing for a living. (laughs) I wish I was just writing fan fiction for a living. You know what? This is a podcast. It's on the internet. You can you can say you're living the life that you wish you were. It's it's like in between real well, life and like let's fake all pretend life. As a as a group that I do write comics for a living. <laughs> and if anybody out there would like to draw some comics, but you're not really sure how to make a script happen, I can help. I like writing comics, and I have lots of ideas. As as someone who's heard the ideas, I will a hundred percent say that I'm <laughs> behind them, and I read comics, so I have some background in opinions <laughs> on comics i guess nice <laughs> that was the best way to phrase that ever i'm so was, proud of that it was phrasing. beautiful and i'm big myself <laughs> <laughs> self self booking um all right so well before we we sign off i want to give you an opportunity do you have any parting words of wisdom or uh to put less pressure on you kind of encouragement to people who are experiencing anxiety on the internet, especially around online role-playing or around passive-aggressive tweeting? So with any kind of passive-aggressiveness, especially where the internet is concerned, if you are uncomfortable in something on the internet, step away. Like the first thing that you need to do is put your phone down, put your computer down, step away. If you need to go outside for a minute, if you need to pick up some aggressive embroidering or play Slime Rancher for a little while or pick up a book, you need to remove yourself from that toxic environment. And you don't owe anyone anything. You don't owe it to anyone to read this stuff. You don't owe it to anyone to reply. If you need to block someone, then block them. You don't owe anyone anything for any reason, no matter what you think you've done. It is more than okay to step back, and the anonymity of the internet gives you that right, and it gives you that space. If you step away from the internet, no one needs to know exactly what happened. You can put your phone down, and you can go take a shower and brush your teeth and have a a plate of eggs, if you like eggs a lot. (laughs) This is like really inspiring. <laughs> I was like, I'm running out of things to do. Go eat eggs. Except for you vegans out there. I'm Except sorry. You, you get no there. comfort. You're just Don't living. Eat, like, what, what do vegans eat? Uh, vegan marshmallows. I have a vegan friend who really likes vegan marshmallows. I like how you went straight to vegan marshmallows instead of like vegetables. Oh shoot! I totally forgot about. Go eat this vegan version of this non-vegan thing to comfort yourself in in times of peril. Not vegan. Vegan marshmallows are really, really awesome. (laughs) I've I've had my experience with them uh, because sometimes we have to serve kosher marshmallows, and it's easier to find vegan ones than kosher ones. Sometimes I I like them because I. I don't imagine pig's feet in them. <laughs> and on fair. that note, I think I'm going to sign off. I that's think on pigs, I not. I don't want to eat pig's feet. That's that's the perfect moment. And I do want to <laughs> eat marshmallows. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for coming and, and hearing our show. Uh, I'd I'd love to hear more about people's experiences with vague booking and subtweeting. I think oftentimes when we when we think about violence, we think of very overt forms of violence, and that's very important and a tremendously valuable conversation to have. But I think kind of thinking about your own forms of communication and how often maybe you vague book in real life instead of on the internet and how we're we're building community with one another. So I'm, I'm interested to hear people's experiences, negative or positive, with that. Uh, and on that note, thanks so much, and, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Ray, for coming on. You were charming. Oh, thanks. <laughs> have a good day. <gasps> Bye. Bye.